Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Please contact your account representative for more information on these risks. Past performance is not indicative of future results. If you like grain markets and other stuff, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff Podcast. Here's your host, Joe Baklovic. I tweeted something out earlier this morning on my Twitter account, at Standard Grain. How many thousands of times over the course of history has a market fallen following a piece of news that was supposed to be bullish? Don't buy the damn headlines. We have a lot of uh, different little sayings for, for what just occurred here buy the rumor, sell the fact. Um, people will tell you, trade the news and you lose. Buy headlines, you'll end up selling papers. They all fall under the same category. When you've got this big expectation for a bullish event, and it could be a bearish event too in a, in a down market ahead of a headline that's supposed to be bearish, so often the market goes back in the other direction. It just it doesn't follow the news. We got yesterday in in regard to this trade headline a piece of news that should have been bullish but guess what it was all priced into the market beforehand uh the government the u.s government told us what those numbers were going to be they printed exactly what they told us and the market sold off so this is just another lesson and we've really had a couple of lessons in this um during the last week I mean, the USDA report is a little bit different example because everybody expected a bullish report and you didn't get it. But in the same instance, just especially in regard to grain marketing, getting bulled up and waiting on these big events to provide you with a marketing opportunity or an opportunity to to sell grain, whether it be in the futures market or the cash market or whatever, it's just typically not going to be the best strategy for you. I talked about in, in a previous podcast how I prefer to really not do a whole lot of marketing around USDA reports. Um, th- there are some exceptions, though. When you get a rally into a big headline, into a USDA report, when you get a big rally into a headline like um, like the trade deal that we saw here this week, that in a lot of situations can be a good opportunity to to do some marketing or make a sale ahead of the numbers. Uh, we see that a lot in the cattle market with uh, cattle on feed reports. You know, you'll see uh, the market rally into a cattle on feed report, and in a lot of situations or some situations, the best strategy is to sell that rally ahead of the report because even if you get a neutral to to bullish number, it may very well already be priced into the market. So before you get into these events, you've really got to sit down and think, what, what's what been priced in? What's the market trading? Um, what is the potential for further upside if this supposed bullish headline is confirmed by the government or by the USDA or by, in this case, um, the signing of a trade deal? We learned a few new things about the trade deal yesterday. Um, we knew we learned some specifics what agricultural commodities, for example, are going to fall 
under this this category that's eligible to to push China toward these big purchases. But I mean, aside from that, it it really contained about what the government told us it would contain. Uh, there was some language in there that uh, you know essentially provided some outs for China. You know, it talked about U.S. prices being competitive. It talked about um, it, it talked about China and, and how they don't want to necessarily distort their local markets. And and it talked about what happens if if either side wants out of this trade deal. And basically, what happens is if China wants out of this thing or they don't live up to the commitments, what happens? Trump's just going to go and throw the tariffs back on. I'll tell you this: it's very very unlikely that at any point during the next say six months, it's very unlikely that during that time frame, Brazilian soybeans are more expensive than U.S. soybeans. Brazil is going to be competitive. They've got a monster crop on the way. It's, it's going to be a record crop by all estimates at, at this point in time. Um, they've got a currency advantage. We've seen the Brazilian currency fall a good three or 4% just in the last couple of weeks versus the U.S. dollar making them more competitive. They've got a natural freight advantage. It's cheaper to ship beans from Brazil to China than it is to ship beans from the U.S. Gulf to China. So there are so many obstacles here. Um, you know, the easy part of this, signing the trade deal, making the commitment, uh, that's the easy part. The, the execution of this thing is going to be a lot more difficult. And these are all things that we discussed ahead of this trade deal signing. These are all things that people knew ahead of this trade deal signing. It's no shock to anybody who's been paying attention that Brazil is going to be cheaper their soybeans are going to be cheaper than the U.S. for the next six months. That's probably the way it's going to be, unless this this little sell-off here following the trade deal signing turns into a much larger sell-off. I suppose the U.S. could become competitive. Maybe you get a big move in the currency um, the, in the other direction, and we become competitive. But it, it just doesn't seem to be a likely scenario. So this is a, a, a bigger picture conversation, though. Um, when there's so much hype surrounding any given event, whether it's a USDA report, whether it's a trade deal signing, um, whatever whatever it is, um, your best price action, if it's supposed to be a bullish event, if, if we're expecting bullish news, a lot of the time your best prices are going to occur before the news comes out. And we've seen it, like I said at the start, thousands of times over the course of history. I mean, just in my career, hundreds in hundreds of times over the last 15 years of doing this. Um, it's just, it's a normal thing. And we need to start being aware of that. When it comes to grain marketing, I said I don't like to do a lot of marketing around USDA reports. I typically don't. Not unless, of course, we've got a big rally into the USDA report. You want to know a great example of this? Fantastic example of this? In 2012, the big drought corn ran to all-time highs. Do you know what day it went to all-time highs? It posted all-time highs the day of the August crop production and WASD report from USDA when they slashed the corn yield. We went up and traded $8.50. We fell back, and that was the high. That was the all-time high in the corn market that day. And there are countless other examples that are maybe not as drastic as that that we've seen throughout the years and throughout history. And this isn't anything new. This isn't something that uh, has just developed this year or last year or in the last 10 years. This is a, a scenario that's played out 
over the course of history in financial markets. It happens in the stock market all the time. You get positive earnings for a particular company and the stock will sell off. Well, how did that happen? Well, maybe somebody knew that the earnings were going to be positive. Maybe it was already priced into the market. Ahead of any of these big events, you've got to consider what's priced in. What does the market know and what's the the potential upside? This is just something that I've seen catch people off guard so many times over the years. And it's, it's always a different situation, but it's the same thing over and over and over and over. The other implication here has to do with um, option pricing. And uh, what typically happens in these sort of events is that option volatility, the, the prices of options essentially become inflated going into these sort of events, going into these trade deal signings, USDA reports or whatever. And in the majority of situations, what you'll see is that after the event, volatility falls apart. And that's what we've seen uh, in the soybean market in particular. Uh, Bearish commodity markets are typically bearish volatility. That's the way it it works in in commodities. Now, in the stock market, it's actually the opposite. When when the equity markets grind their way up, like we've seen recently, that's typically very negative volatility. And when you see a big sell-off in the equity markets, you know, the S&P or the Dow, or, or, or a given stock, that's when you'll see your spike in volatility, but it's, it's the opposite in grains. When you get a bearish movement in the markets, that's typically bearish volatility. And there are implications that go along with that too. Um, if you're trying to, to put some sort of option strategy together ahead of a report, you've got to be aware that there's a strong likelihood of a volatility drop after the report. Um, that's not always the case. There's no guarantees in this stuff, but um, if, if you consider that, you know, how, how much movement and, and there's all this hype surrounding a report and there's going to be this big move after the report. Um, the market jacks up the volatility ahead of it. And then oftentimes you'll see it go back the other way following the report. Now, when it comes to this deal in particular, China, do they buy beans? Do they buy everything that they've promised to buy? I really don't know. The market is certainly reading it as no, they probably won't. And I hope that's wrong. I hope that's very, very wrong. I hope I know everything that I know about this situation is wrong. Um, what I know, like I said, it's very improbable that U.S. beans will be competitive versus Brazilian beans at any point during the six months, during the next six months. Is China going to come in and buy U.S. beans contra-seasonally at higher prices when their demands have been reduced because of African swine fever. Is that what happens? I hope, yeah, I hope that's what happens. Does that seem probable or likely? Uh, as I sit here today, no, it, it really doesn't. If you need some help with your grain marketing, visit my website, www.standardgrain.com. Go to that website, click on grain marketing plan, take a look at my subscription service for $49 a month, uh, Build to your credit card. There's no obligation. You can cancel it anytime. You get my morning email. You get grain marketing alerts. You'll know when I'm making sales, and uh, you can get started with that. If you want to do brokerage with me, that's how I spend the majority of my day. Um, I've got a lot of customers that I work very closely with all across the country. Uh, that would be another thing to consider. But that subscription service is a very great and easy place to start. It won't cost you much. And uh, I'm hoping that that's something that can help you with your grain marketing this year. Um, we'll talk to you next time.